Hi, Janaka. Hello. Welcome. How are you, Vanessa? I'm good. How about good. you? All right. So, yeah, let's get into it. Um, welcome to another episode of Why Me Now, where we educate and discuss topics related to Black Americans. Today, I'm happy to introduce my guest today, my niece, Vanessa Rose Martin Bernard. Welcome and thanks for joining the show today, Neka. How are you doing? Thanks for letting me join you today. I'm happy to be here and I hope I go viral. <laughs> You're so cute. Oh my God. Well, let's get into it. So tell everybody your name formally. Uh, my name is Vanessa Rose Martin Bernard. And what do people call you? They call me either neck and no neck or neck two time. <laughs> You're so adorable. And who are your parents? Uh, it's Jared Martin and Jamila Bernard. And I know obviously all this stuff about you, but I want to give the audience a little bit story behind who you are. So tell me what your nationality is. Uh, it's Puerto Rican and Black African American. All right. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Uh, I was born in St. Louis, Missouri. I've moved back and forth throughout, you know, my life to St. Louis to Houston, but I've also lived in Dallas for a little bit before I officially moved to Houston, which is it's amazing. <laughs> Do you miss Houston in our Dallas? Um, I miss Dallas, but I don't miss Houston. Not okay. at all. Why not? Houston is just very ghetto. It's very ghetto. <laughs> oh my God, tell me why it was ghetto. Uh, it was just, everybody did not know how to act right. And you know how to act right and you're 13? Yes. What is acting right versus not acting right? I'm so curious. Acting right is learning how to control yourself in certain situations. Not acting right is doing whatever you feel like it and not think about what you're doing. Yeah, having self-discipline, right? And thinking before you say and do things. Yeah, that's smart. And uh, so tell me a little bit about where you live now. Uh, I live in Chicago, Illinois. How'd you get here? I'm just kidding. <laughs> tell everybody how you got here. Well, I got here because I originally was coming down here to visit actually you. <laughs> my parents were like, oh, we're just going to go ahead and move there. I was like, what? No it was way. Out of, wasn't it? Yes. When did you move here? Tell everybody where you, when you moved here. I moved here in July. Twenty-two. Um, nice. And how has it been so far living in Chicago? I've, I've liked it a lot because it's very different from St. Louis, Houston, Dallas. How is it different? Well, the, how people talk here, how they greet you, how they respect you, how they show their love. Uh, their personalities are different. How they look at you different. It's Everything is just different. 
And no one. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was done. Oh, and I was going to go on to say, I know that, like, obviously you're 13. So, I mean, it's not like you haven't had too many experiences so far. Not, you're not, no, you enjoy your youth. I wish I was still there. But <laughs> I feel like when you moved here at, at, you know, 13, I know your living arrangement or whatever, we don't have to go into it, but you can if you want to. But I know that you're going to a new school. Obviously, you're still in school. So tell us about your school. Where do you go? And, uh, how's it been there so far? Well, I go to Indian Trail Junior High School. Uh, it's been amazing there, especially like the teachers. They're very understanding and they teach very well. Like if I don't understand it, she will put it in a way or he will put it in a way to where I can understand and actually do my work instead of trying to figure it out on my own that's amazing struggling so uh when you moved here back in july when did you when did you go to school what was your first day like uh when i when when was my first day of school i think it was the 16th of uh august of 2022 nice and that was like three weeks after you got here your mom got you in school like right away like so and they were so welcoming like I know for a fact obviously I can tell this story that I walked you through your school before you actually started like I got to meet the principal so I can actually speak to the fact that you everything you're saying is 100% true they were so welcoming they gave you like free backpacks you get free lunches you get you know free uh transportation to and from school from wherever you live uh i got a free jacket out of it on christmas you got christmas presents from the school you um it was just like just my first time walking through the school myself like i felt safe there they're renovating their library they have cycling like state-of-the-art cycling classrooms where there's like probably 30 bikes in here i guess it's class size they're really uh, big and then what else do I remember? The uh, it brought me back to being in high school again because the lunch room it seemed like the ceilings were short, short and like it was um, kind of dark in there, kind of gloomy, like my old high school. And then what else did I see? The hallways. The school is huge. Wow. It's so big. Like it is so big. It is so great because like the lady that gave us the tour, she was so sweet and caring. She knew almost literally. I swear, all them kids' names we were walking by. Like she knew everybody's name. I was like, wow. <laughs> I like that they have the security system that they have in place. Like if there's any issues, they have police on site. They also have an alarm system that you can pull if there's an issue that you don't want to deal with and that seems a bit, you know, out of the blue. Everybody in the entire district gets an immediate notification, text, email to like inform everybody, the teachers, the parents and the students get a text message if something's going on in the school that they need to know about. I feel like every school should be in that same setup when it comes to what we've dealt with a lot lately is gun violence in school. Like, I feel like, I feel safe knowing that they have these protocols in place. So I know my first experience going to Indian Trail Junior High School was definitely, um, they get an A++ for me. (laughs) (laughs) 
So yeah, tell me a little bit more about like when you first started, like I know how your first day went. So I'm so excited to tell people that, like how popular were like day one. Uh, so for my first day at Indian Trail, it was amazing because of the how the students greeted me, not just the teachers, but how the students greeted me. And how they embraced you too. Yes. Because they were like, there's this one girl, she was, I think she's in seventh grade. I think she's in sixth grade, but she uh, walked past me. She was like, are you new? I was like, yeah. She was like, well, welcome to Indian Trail. Wow. Like, oh my gosh, I never got a green like this in my entire life. And like what school ever in any school district before and anywhere else would a student say that to you on first day? Never said no one ever. <laughs> greeting me like that, but like they'd be like, Oh, hey, how are you? I never seen you before you knew and they're on it. We just go off on another topic. They don't greet me. They don't be like, Oh, welcome to da 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 they'd be like, um, where are you from? They just ask personal questions like, we're not even at that level yet. <laughs> They're like, we're strangers still at this point. <laughs> I don't know you. I don't even know your name yet. <laughs> you just know my name. Exactly. And that's insane because you it was your first day. Like, they knew who you were, but, like, you're, like, still learning everything. Like, you're learning your teacher's name, where to go to, like, the classrooms, like, where to go in your, your first, second, third classrooms. Didn't you have, like, some buddies, like, match up with you, like, first day and you had a couple classes with them? And so they helped you, like, walk around the neighborhood, like, the school or whatever to, to guide you through everything? Yes, there's this one girl named Ravani. She's literally in all of my classes besides orchestra, which is first period. So, and what's first period? First period is orchestra. Oh, that's amazing to start off with orchestras. So, you know, obviously, if anybody knows who I am, they know that I also played the orchestra back in the day. So it apparently runs in the blood. But yes, and I'm a proud aunt of Vanessa to know that she's also playing a string instrument. So tell me which instrument did you pick and like, how was your experience? When is your first concert? Um, The instrument I am playing is the double bass. Uh, my concert, my first concert is March 11. That's amazing, and I'm gonna be there at 8 a.m. Somehow I will be awake, but I will be there. Um, so I'm really excited that you said that. Uh, so tell me a little bit about the uh, <laughs> demographics of the school that you go to. It's mostly expensive. It's mostly Hispanics there. Uh, it's mostly white and Hispanics, I should say. There's a sprinkle of Asian and black people. Um, but how, it's a good school overall. Like, So how, how does it make you feel? I know, sure, because I just know this about you because you went to Houston and Dallas and primarily the neighborhood is primarily African-American, Black Americans. So knowing that schools are probably like 95% African-American and that's, I would assume, what you're used to, but you tell me. Uh, well, most of the schools I went to, it was primarily mostly Hispanics or mostly Black people. Um, 
which that's why I like a lot of Hispanic culture because of the schools I've been to. Uh, but are you guys over there chopping up vegetables or something? What's going on back there? Yeah, Cooking. We're, we're recording, man. Can you be quiet? I thought we already had this, like... I can cut this part out. <laughs> All right. So, back to the demographics. You said that primarily, you, even in Houston and Dallas, that your t- classmates have been, like, uh, African-American and Hispanic. But, you, you know, you are more drawn to, like, the Hispanic culture. Why? Uh, well, it's mostly because all my friends were primarily Hispanics because the black people were like, oh, you're too white for us. I was like, oh my gosh, really? I am? (laughs) I didn't know that. But my last few years in Houston, I never had that problem. Probably because I've, you know, gotten darker. You think because of your skin color, that's the reason why people are either nice to you versus not nice to you? Or talk to you versus not talk to you? No. Then why do you say that? I think it's mostly of how I interact with them more than my skin color. Because there's a lot of light skinny people that are lighter than me that are like most liked but I think it's because how I interact with people Mm -hmm. and how I don't like kiss everybody's butt (laughs) so yeah you're your own unique self and I think that we have that in common too and honestly, I learned on one of my podcast episodes that I was considered the white black girl too in school. And I feel like a lot of people get that twisted because it's like, no, I was just educated. I came out the womb this way. Like I didn't, you know, decide to pretend to be someone that I am not. I am who I am 100% authentic, 100% through and through. If you don't like that, that's your problem. Like if you're intimidated, like that's not my problem. Like. If you feel any sort of way that is negative, that again is still not my problem. <laughs> like it doesn't matter because this is who I am. If you don't like it at the end of the day, I don't care still. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you have that same vibe. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about you. Go ahead. Because at this point, there's no point in hiding this. So you're just like, whatever I am, you gotta accept it. Exactly. So tell me about your friends now that you've made at the new school. Um, well, obviously they're all Hispanic. Because <laughs> uh, there's not a lot of black people there. So. But I mean, it's fine. You're Puerto Rican. And like, so. And then it's okay. And like, I know, you know, something cool about you that I'm about to share with people. Like. I know that you like manga and Korean culture and Korean language and you want to live there. And like, I know that those are some of you like your, you know, goals and aspirations in life. So I'm not surprised that you are open, like 
embracing all backgrounds because of that, of that uniqueness of yourself that you don't separate yourself from people just because of your skin color or your group that you were born into. You are like myself, very, um, you're able to interact with people across the globe in, in any demographics. I always say that I'm just culturally, you know, diverse. I mean, even in my own DNA, I'm culturally culturally diverse you know I know 75% is uh, African but that's a mixture of uh, Nigerian Congo um, Bantu like Cameroon is a really strong energy in my blood uh, but I'm also Irish Scottish a little bit of um, German and some other stuff I even have Asian in my blood so it and we could talk about why, obviously, because obviously our ancestors migrated uh, all through the earth uh, mm-hmm. during climate changes and things like that. So I could, that's a whole nother like podcast. <laughs> so um, we both are like, you know, mixed breeds. And so it's not abnormal to have, you know, a, a draw to a group of people that you have within yourself. Like, you know, it's energy that vibrate on is the same vibration that they ha- it shouldn't have to do with race right but it is what it is because we see each other first before we get to know each other yes so tell me something about your teachers who's your favorite teacher and like okay. my favorite teacher is my last period teacher which is my social science teacher miss um, okay. figura the reason why she's my favorite teacher is because of how she interacts with our classroom. She's not like one of the teachers that is like very strict. She makes the classroom enjoyable to learn. So when we learn, we actually learn and not, act, and not you know, doze off and start talking to people. So she's really engaging. Like she's, she's used like some type of creative way to keep 12 or 13 year olds just uh, focused because you know in this day and age, social media got you guys scrolling like it is the normal thing to do. So I'm sure like that is like amazing. She, it seems like we need to multiply this teacher because uh, the students in other schools, I bet they would never say that. I don't think I would ever hear a student say, oh my God, this teacher is so engaging. <laughs> like I'm not gonna scroll today, no. <laughs> And I witnessed you scrolling a lot, so it's not far from the truth that you know it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's awesome. Your teacher last period, uh, would you? What was her name again? Figura. Miss Figura. Miss Figura. I got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> so tell me about your grades. I already know the answer to this, but I want you to tell everybody uh, about how smart you are, my little child prodigy. Let's oh. hear about it. My my grades were mostly A's and B's. Uh, I've got student of the month. I think first I like like the first month you were there. No, it was like no, it was student of the trimester. The trimester, like for three months. Yes. And you just started less than a year ago. <laughs> wow. What set you apart? How do you, do you know? No. Oh, I can tell you why. 
everyone. I saw her grades the first month or so into her um, schooling. Apparently, they give a very uh, detailed assessment of how they're doing at each each class, and they measure it against the district, against the national level, and against their specific school district and within their grade. She literally was over every average and a thin sum on every single level. Her school level, she surpassed everybody in her school just in her school grade. And she also on the national level, she scored probably a little bit over that. And then in her district, she scored like higher. And if I, I can't wait to like get a picture of it. I need to get a picture of this. But it's just so incredible because their teachers also give us like up to date, you know, on how they're doing in each class. It's like most students won't tell you but the teachers will write you like what handwritten emails or, or handwritten notes or emails or something like that. I feel like you got one like the first week you were there. Emails. Emails, yeah. So, you know, I know grade wise it's going well. Your teachers love you, your friends love you. It's a nice variety, a diverse group of people that you're around that are supportive and sweet. You've had really good experiences there. So let's talk about some of the things you do in your spare time when you're not in school. Yes. What do you like to do? Um, I like to practice my bass. I like to draw. I like to read books, you know, manga and stuff like that. I like to edit videos. Uh, I like to post my edits on TikTok <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I know. Uh, I like to watch TV. I like to go on walks. I like to practice my my Spanish and my Korean. And you're the 13th trying to practice or you're learning Korean and Spanish. That's amazing. But I, I want to go back to this TikTok and video editing. I know you did you did a video edit for me and it was so good. Like I, I was impressed. Like she tried to teach me how to do it. And it, like it just didn't like it didn't register for me. So um, I was learning it. It just it wasn't hard. I was like, oh, this is easy. That's good, and, and that's awesome because like now I can use you as a resource to make little TikTok videos myself. I'll just send you the material and see what you can put together. Um. <laughs> So that's awesome. Like you read books. Like I don't think a lot. Of, I mean, there probably are students out there who like to read because they ain't got nothing else to do, or they generally just enjoy it. Um, but just like all the stuff that you're capable of doing at such a you know young age, I know I feel like a lot of uh, African American, Black American students don't get the opportunity to you know uh, engage in all these different activities and have the resources to be able to you know, express your creative passions or do the things that you could do at your convenience at this age. When I was 13, I didn't have a phone. I didn't, there was no video editing software that I could download or buy on any type of app that I could. I had no interest in speaking any type of Korean language outside of, you know, whatever I was speaking at the time, which was French in high school. And TikTok, I'm terrible at TikTok. I'm the terrible TikTok non-influencer. <laughs> like let's just be honest and then like it's just it just shows you the capacity of our children you and anybody else's child black americans um that you could do whatever it is that you want to do and it doesn't have to be related to the fact that you are black 
or that you you know sound white or you act white what it is is that you're educated in my opinion you're a prodigy and so i think that the takeaway here is that we all have the capacity if we are wanting and willing to do it um and you're a prime example of doing that so i commend you i'm proud to be your aunt and like i hope that you know anything that you want and desire you manifest that in your future so i want to um move forward in the conversation i feel like we got a good grasp on you know where you are living who you are uh that makes your makeup and your character and who you are today at 13. so <laughs> i want to get into like how was it what was it like moving around you know and i know you at some points live with your dad versus your mom what was the difference of that uh well moving around at some points of my life was stressful because of me not wanting to move away from my friends but now that i've got an understanding of why we're moving around i'm not stressful at all so me moving around now i i'd be like oh for real i'm okay let's go there <laughs> when i was little i was like i don't want to leave my friends now yeah. think, thinking about the friends i had I had really crappy friends back then. And you know what's so crazy you say that as adults you end up finding out 15 years later that you had crappy friends. I'm glad you figured that out early on. Because <laughs> you had a different <laughs> to the experience you had in Houston to the one you had here in Chicago. And I understand how what you mean. Yeah. So tell us more about, you know, living you know, because I know that sometimes you live with your mom, sometimes you live with your dad when you were moving around. What was that experience like? Well, move, moving in, well, uh, uh, let me rephrase that. Moving with my dad is totally different from my mom because my mom is less strict on me than my dad. But my mom is kind of more strict than my dad in some way <laughs> in different ways they they have a handle on you so you get a good balance of discipline and your freedom tell us more about that well living with my mom i can go out more i can you know speak differently towards my mom i can joke around i, I hang out with my mom a lot uh we have like deep conversations almost every day about any topic we have just pop up in our minds. Uh, I feel like I have more a better relationship with my mom more than my dad. Tell us why. What's the difference between with living with your dad then? Uh, living with my dad, it's kind of like my dad. He pays attention to me, but it's not like, oh, we're going to go and have like a deep conversation like my mom. Like, he'll talk to me, then he'll send me away to my room, and then I just, just be there and bored, and it's not fun. But <laughs> I'm not laughing. I do get a lot of stuff from him materialistic stuff so he's a provider yes. yes 
Wow, so you guys experienced both. You know, the difference between you and I, I didn't have a father around to give me stuff. Um, sounds like I wasn't missing out on too much. No, I'm just playing. I'm <laughs> just playing, I'm just playing, I'm just playing. But anyways, like, that, that's a big significant difference. Like, who, who do you, res- I mean, I hate to ask this, but who do you respect more? Which which experience do you like more? I like I like you honest, you say both. I like getting stuck. And I, but I like having that relationship with my mom. Yeah, I like having a relationship more than materialistic things. You know, trust me, I love getting stuff, but <laughs> I'd rather have a relationship with somebody than just getting stuff from somebody. Because there's no value there, right? Like it's more valuable to you to build a relationship with the people around you. And you know, that's so incredible. And this is why I say you're a prodigy because not many kids are thinking about that, right? They're not assessing and discerning and uh, looking back and comparing and analyzing and dissecting and, and then coming to realizations and final outcomes of what it is that, and you do all of that automatically. And it's so incredible. Like, the fact that you can tell like the difference and articulate that so well at your ages and you know another thing that a lot of our generational our generation or your your generation probably has a lot of opportunity for growth in um i think that your parents both did a good job regardless of you know the differences between them um and raising you absolutely i don't i don't have any complaints about either you know your experiences are always who you who make you who you are and and obviously my experiences made me who I am, right? And so, you know, even your circumstances, whatever, you know, environment you grew up in, you could still be great. And that's another, you know, message that I feel like you're trying to get out there as well, or that you're just inadvertently, you know, in uh, doing regardless. So I, again, I, I applaud your parents for doing their job, right? Because some parents don't show up and they both did, so happy that they were your parents i'm happy that they brought you into this world because then now i get to have this experience as an aunt and and that's the most rewarding thing i've ever been able to experience in my lifetime so i won't have any of my own children but i'm happy i have nieces and nephews that i can treat as if they were my own um but yeah that's incredible but now that you're living in chicago with your mom um, and her, her guy too. We should also mention Bam is also here. Um, what is it like living in Chicago? Just like the lifestyle change. Like, how has that changed your perspective on the world around you? Well, living here in Chicago gave me a little hope for you know society because it's not as like you know, mean and ugly as, you know, other places. That you had experienced before. Yes. Um, so what is your take on the society versus the one society you used to you're used to and you were, you know, grew up in that you could have ended up being in a, a product of that environment. You know, like you said, like dreadful, no hope, no faith and that things could get better. But now that you see that you know, moving to Chicago, you have hope now. You have this outlook on life that has changed your perspective. And how has your perspective changed in, in the way you see the world around you in society? Well, in Houston, 
I didn't have any hope for the society because everybody had this was stuck in this one mindset of you know oh I have to do this or I have to do that just so I won't have to be in this situation which wasn't the case but out here they're more like thinking outside the box I love that you said everything that you just said I was the exact same way when I was your age exactly at your age and I again you acknowledge that the environment that you in was not what your soul level was vibrating on you were like look I, th- I understand that this is the way that this mindset is but you're like I'm not going to be a part of that like I'm not going to set my standards at this level because I already vibrated at a higher level and I'm going to go for what I want and the society of no- knowing that the society you know one way thinks one way keeps them stuck in that situation and they don't grow they don't prosper they're not ambitious they're probably like focused like you said on the, the, the immediate things, the uh, uh, instant gratifications, um, the things that have no value or longevity. But here, people are thinking outside of the box. What does that mean? Like, what I mean by thinking outside the box, I said the bus. <laughs> <laughs> the box, I mean, they don't think just because of this certain situation, there's only one way out. They try to figure out different ways, like... They try not to use the hard way out of the situation and they use their brain to get out the situation and in an easier way without it being some dirt behind it. So I I feel like I understand where you got this example is and I won't I'm gonna ask you you know, where did you get this example? Like, who who's the person that you would, you know, give that credit to for thinking outside of the box, you know, looking at your circumstances a different way and saying, okay, this is how I can get out, or I can go, get out this way of the situation, or I can grow in this area. Like, who gave you that? Who can you credit that um, being able to see the, you know, world from a different perspective, knowing that you don't have to be the circumstances that you were born into, but you can actually you know, manifest the life that you, you dreamt of. Who get, who could you give credit to that? I would give credit to my lovely friend group I have. They, you know, they think outside the box and they find ways to, you know, give themselves in the right spot and they don't leave people behind like if they figure out something they'd be like oh you come too you know I feel like when you guys moved here like I felt like I was a part of that transition yes obviously your lifestyle but like I I feel like I too was able to give you that outlook as well because you lived with me for three weeks while you were here. So tell me about like how you could attribute what you're saying to that as well. Um, you were a bit because you inspired me, my mom and Bam to, you know, come out in, how do I say it? You inspired us to come up and 
you know, not think in a negative way, but more in a positive way to, you know, not be... Take your time. And I think what you're trying to say is that I feel like you guys had, when you moved here in July, you know, all of a sudden, that you didn't know, you were just at your last, you were at rock bottom, right? You were yes. at the lowest point you could possibly be at in your lifetime. No money, no place to live, you know, no, uh, no future plans as to how you're going to get out of it because you had no idea what you t- what to do right and yeah. so tell me about you know coming and living here with me coming and living here with me you showed me that I didn't like what I what you're giving us is what we deserve uh, you gave me hope in life you know I was like oh my gosh this is like rock bottom I was like, I'm never going to get out of this. I'm going to have to go with my dad. And I'm going to, like, live with my dad. And this and that. I was like, ah. But then, when I came to live with you, I was like, oh, this is this is good. Even though, I was like, I'm not going to be living here long anyway. So, I might as well enjoy it. And then, you were like, oh, your mom and dad are coming down here. I was like, what? They're like, yes. Oh, you're talking about the conversation that we had prior to you guys moving here. Yes. We had, no, remember it was a tarot reading. And I was like, I said, I bet, I I said, pack your bags. Like you guys are moving to Chicago. You know what? That, I didn't connect the dots until right now. But that tarot reading was a future prediction for me because when you guys actually moved here, I had like a 24 hour notice (laughs) or less. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's right we did a tarot reading and we predicted that you guys were moving here and you were like oh really and I was like would you be happy you were like yeah and then it happened yes so yeah I I will also agree with you that I you had said something earlier that people didn't want anything back from you like they were just doing it out of pretty much the kindness of their heart yes. um and that's and I assume that that's how you feel about what I did too. I haven't asked you for anything, no. Your mom, no, and bam, no. Like I actually give you money whenever I have it. Yes. And usually I'm used to like, oh, if I give you this, you have to pay me back and stuff like that. So when you were like, oh, you don't have to pay me back, I was like, excuse me, I don't. <laughs> like a lot of people out here. I like that. They're like, oh, you don't have to pay me back. And I was like, I can't do that. So the kindness, how does that make you feel? Like the kindness of the people that are, you know, giving you an opportunity to get out of your circumstances that you thought you were going to be stuck in? Well, the kindness of people out here, it's like, it's kind of overwhelming because I've never experienced such kindness like this. So just having it around is overwhelming but it's like oh I like this kindness yeah you're welcome you're welcoming the kindness like you're getting used to welcoming it remember how you met my friends how was that experience tell me the exact experience you you this is a safe safe space to say whatever you want 
when I first met your friends, I was like, these are your friends, TZ? <laughs> Why did you say it like that? Because, like, how they looked wasn't how I expected them to look. <laughs> what did they look like, Vanessa? <laughs> Stop beating they around the bush. Like, they didn't look like anything their nationality was. <laughs> You're so cute. But they didn't look like, you know, super, like, white. They looked like they been through, like, some black people. So I was like... I think that we were trying to say because the experience was that you came over during a book club um, at my friend's pretty much uh, mini mansion and they were all, you know, a mixture of Caucasian and Hispanic and I think a Venezuelan as well and so we're sitting around on on her giant couch and she's meeting my friends for the first time and she's, when we were leaving she said, and, and mind you they all are nerds, they all play, you know, work at video game companies or some type of IT background or, you know, all have professions that are, of, you know, they're not unemployed basically. And so she's meeting them and a lot of them like manga and comics and, you know, uh, what is it, Mortal Kombat and things of that nature. And so she's meeting them. You met them. And you. And I remember when we were leaving, we were in the car. One thing that you said to me was the most, the funniest thing. And I told them what you said, but, and they thought it was funny too. But what was it that you said to me in the car? Do you remember? No, I really don't. <laughs> oh my God. You said, I have never been around so many white people before that acted black. <laughs> Didn't you? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I died. I was like, man, the things that kids say. But yeah, it was one of your first experiences like that. So it just shows that some people just don't know certain things. If you haven't experienced it, you can't know. You can't, you know, vibe on that level until you have that experience. So ah, you're such a breath of fresh air. Um, so, so far, I don't think you've experienced a lot of racism, but you tell me. Well, it was only one incident. Uh, there's this boy in my classroom, and he doesn't know how to control his smile. Well, actually, there's two incidents, but I'm gonna get on the second incident. But uh, you know, he called me out my name, and the teacher heard oh. him say it, and she was like, "We do not do this," and basically the school made him uh, write an apology letter and made him apologize to me. In front of yeah, because he called you the N-word, which we don't say the N-word. It's not a part of my vocabulary. It never has been and never will be. <laughs> but, because I don't give power to stuff that has literally no meaning. Um, but yeah, that was wrong. And when I found out about it, when you said it, so nonchalantly, I was like, who, what his name is? Where where does he live? <laughs> I had to hold myself back because I was like, I'm going to go put that word up his mouth, clean his mouth out with some soap and water and keep this PG. But uh, he he's so lucky I was an adult. I would have gave him a little talking to. I want to know who their parents is. Keep an eye on that, that kid because obviously it just doesn't go away. So how do you feel, like, how has he treated you ever since? 
Oh, uh, well, he never said it to me again. Uh, we're, we're cool on a certain level. On a certain level. That's interesting. Well, so tell me a, a little bit about um, some of your future goals and aspirations. I know this is jumping like, you know, who, but we've talked about your school a lot. We've talked about your who you are, where you come from, and like all these great things. I want to know what your future goals are, what are your future aspirations, you know. Uh, and, yeah, so start there. Let me know. Um. One of my future goals is I want to be a cartoon animator, and I also want to have my own business. Wow. Um, I know you also want to speak Korean and move to Korea, which I thought was the same. Well, I necessarily don't want to move just to Korea, but I also want to like travel, because I like traveling. That's awesome. So I just learned something right now. I did not know you wanted to be a future um, animator. I had no, I know the right people, literally all the people that you met. <laughs> you already met the people that I are. And, and I showed you that sketchbook that I got from them today, which is about animation, cartoon animation. So yeah. we're literally on the same wavelength. Like, I feel like you're my child. You quite <laughs> my, you know yeah but yeah that's amazing um we could draw together we're gonna play violin and uh, bass together like i get to do that i'm 37 and you're 13 and i get to have this experience with my 14 excuse me i don't know math (laughs) i've been saying 13 this entire time so i'll make sure to edit that (laughs) 14 i apparently am not that great of a niece or aunt and so, anyways, yeah, that's so exciting to hear that you want to do cartoon animation. So, what after you want to do with that? Do you want to go into video games? You want to write mangas? What are you trying to do with that? Uh, I mostly want to make uh, a cartoon, and it's so fun. I'm trying to think of what I want the cartoon mostly to be, but I do have a character. Wow, character development already. Ooh, I didn't even know what character development was at 13. <laughs> well, I thank you for sharing that. That's so um, enlightening um, that you're so artistic. Man, smart and artistic. If you're not a child prodigy, I don't know who is. Um, so who is your biggest influence in your life? Well, my biggest influence is my mom. Mostly because of how strong she is and how she got through every she, situation she's been through. You see your mom go through a lot of struggles? Yes. And it makes you want to be strong like her? Yes. All right. So outside of the family, who's your biggest influence? Uh, my biggest influence outside of the family... I would say I don't know actually no no music artists no movie stars like who got you excited about animation why why did you why did you choose that the person who introduced me or who 
yeah person who introduced me the person who introduced me yeah to animation and cartoon stuff was actually my dad i knew you were gonna say that actually knew the <laughs> answer to that because you guys watch anime i was like mm, mm. i don't know about that i was watching them because i don't watch anime and all my friends do but i just can't get into it but you were watching and i was like mm, i don't know about that but i wasn't too surprised because you like korean stuff um so i'm happy you said that your biggest uh, goal and i said outside of your family but that's okay um your mom and your dad that's impressive because not a lot of kids your age can say that yeah. so uh, finale what do you want the world to know about you that you have that we haven't discussed so far about me yeah about you or just your your mindset or how you think or what you want people to know or you know what insight and wisdom do you have to share with people your age or even adults well one thing I want people to know is about the Willow Project. Ooh, what's the Willow Project? So basically, hold on. The Willow. It's okay. Take time. I've never heard of the Willow Project. The Willow Project is a six billion proposal. I said proposal. Proposal? proposal from Phillips to drill oil and gas in Alaska, right? But people don't know that I can like literally affect global warming and the animals there, which is an off limit place for them to even be. All right. So, so I'm I'm looking it up right now. What is the Willow Project? It says the controversial U.S. oil plan explained. It says the scheme would represent the biggest oil field in decades, but environmental uh, mental campaigners are urging Joe Biden to reject it. So this is in recent news, no? Mm-hmm. It says U.S. President Joe Biden is facing a dilemma in the fight over large-scale oil project in Alaska. Ooh, and it's inside the National uh, Petroleum Petroleum? Yeah, Reserve So it says, it says, what is the Willow Project? It says the project would involve drilling down to use the petroleum stored on the Alaskan North Slope It said doing so could produce up to uh, 180,000 barrels of oil a day, which is around 1.5% of the U.S., the total U.S. oil production it would represent the biggest U.S. oil field in decades, okay? It says, how big is this project? Five drilling sites have been proposed by the project builders. Um, What is the controversy? Okay, this is the part I'm looking for. Evidence has shown that the Willow Project would produce the equivalent of more than 278 million uh, short tonnes of greenhouses over its 30-year life. This is roughly equal to the combined emissions from 2 million passenger cars over the same time period. On average, about 499,000 uh, barrels of oil a day flow through the transatlantic, or Alaska, excuse me, pipeline, well below the late 1980s peak of 2.1 million barrels. So that seems like a big old uptick. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Um, I'm gonna have to look into that, but thank you for sharing uh, that. I'm sure that a lot of people will probably go look that up, hopefully, and see, you know, how we can um, talk about this. Because I also 100% support climate change, and I feel like a lot of people, if anything that needs to be looking into, it's it's definitely climate change and how it impacts our food, our economy, our uh, po- politics, and and just the general public and the you know the wealth. Uh, gap in the United States in the world in general but yeah we could talk about that for hours um but yeah that is what we have today and I so appreciate you coming on here and giving me your time I know you, you got a lot of social media scrolling to do here in the near future so <laughs> I don't want to take up too much more of your time but thank you so much for joining me Vanessa Rose Martin aka NECA or two times NEC uh NEC two times so yeah uh is there any closing words you want to share? Uh, well, I want you guys to please follow my TikTok. Just please, please. What's your TikTok? It's at R0. R0. Well, anyways, it looks like I may have lost her. No worries, but I will get that TikTok uh, handle on the description. Oh, there she is. So uh, go ahead and tell us your TikTok again. Uh, it is. Oh, it's R zero L L E R four L E V one. All right, that seems complicated. And I'll put it in the description <laughs> too um, when I post this. So again, thank you so much for joining. I hope you have a great rest of the evening and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.